fans and welcome to episode 106 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host Jeff and today we're reading chapter 12 of Powerless, a book I wrote in a month. Well, if you want to get in touch with me, head over to jeffreadshisbook.com. Right there, there's three ways you can contact me and we'll go over those at the end of the show. But while you're there, be sure to buy one of the terrible books I wrote. That's right. Two of them are for sale right there, all through Amazon. If you don't like Amazon, good for you. You probably shouldn't buy them. But if you do, uh, you can mail them to me and I would sign it for you and uh, write some snarky comment in the cover. Would you like that? I don't know. I don't think anybody cares. <laughs> That's right. So yeah, buy a book because goddamn, I make no money off this podcast. Not that I expected to. So <laughs> why Why would I? It's terrible. <laughs> okay. So it's Sunday. I'm recording on a Sunday today. Uh, trying to get back on regular schedule. Uh, lately, I've been recording on Tuesdays, you know, around lunch hour. And a lot of that is because uh, the lovely Laura usually has to go into the office on Tuesdays. So, uh, you know... I don't want to be, like, screaming down in the, the recording studio, which is not soundproofed at all. That's why you can hear my laundry. But um, I don't want to be just screaming and ranting about, like, magic and awkward dialogue and potatoes and what have you, you know, while Laura's trying to get work done. So just trying to be, I don't know, I guess uh, respectful. Yeah. But uh, I have a free moment right now, so I thought I'd squeeze in an episode. And it is goddamn wet right now. Uh, I hope that I turned off the dehumidifier in the studio, but who can tell? Ah, goddammit. Anywho, um, yeah, uh, what else is going on? This is exciting. We're on to a new notepad for show notes. Uh, I have, uh, I think I'm up to, this is the fourth notepad I've had to do, like, show notes on. Because I just do a page per episode, and they're all, like, half-used, so somehow, uh, just to cobble together 106 pages, I've used four uh, legal pads that I, God knows where they came from either, you know? But uh, that's ex- that's a big moment in the show, going on to the fourth notepad. They're all piled up on the table here, like, like I might need to check what the discussion questions were for episode 30, which was probably, do you think that was... Do you think that was in Offworlder? I, I don't know. Hard to tell. Who cares? Could look it up. Not going to, because nobody gives a shit. So, <laughs> not sure anybody's listening either. You know, I checked on uh, Apple Podcasts to see if I have any new reviews, and the reviews are still just comprised of uh, myself, uh, the lovely Laura, who accuses me of drinking too much, and uh, one-time host Glenn, who's been, or two-time host Glenn, who's been on the show. Uh, leaving just a comment that the uh, podcast is exactly what it claims to be, me reading a book. <laughs> so, I don't know. It would be nice if I got more reviews. Hey, you can review it. Who gives a shit, though? I mean, it, what? I'm not sure I'm writing another book, so it, it's a little late in the, the game here to <laughs> start making money. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I, I, if I'm going to start promoting now, oof, I'm going to have to write some books. Bad. <laughs> But anyway, speaking of books, what a transition. Such a pro, everybody's saying at home. 
Uh, speaking of books, today we're reading chapter 12 of Powerless. Okay, this is a bit of a lengthy one. Comes in at about 184 lines, so this is going to be exhausting trying to listen to me get through this. Uh, one big problem with this is that uh, I have all the whiskey I have in the house in my glass right now, so I think we're about done with it. I mean, well, we are about done with it. And uh, I guess I'd have to switch to gin, or I might have like half a glass of rum left. We'll see. We'll see where it goes, you know what I mean? But anyway, uh, chapter 12. So we're going to see the beginnings of some, like, intrigue in this chapter. You know, we're going to—remember, we talked about them maybe going to steal paperwork. So here we are, stealing paperwork, as we dive in to chapter 12. So for today's episode, I am sipping on a glass of uh, wild turkey on the rocks. On the rock? There's only one piece of ice. Mm. Feels a little early because it's 1130 in the morning and uh, what I stopped working out like 30 minutes ago. So probably not a great plan. Um, But what are you going to do? You know, you got to do the show. I'm a working professional. I want to make sure I put the best product out for my listeners, which possibly number in the high ones. (laughs) I don't mean single digits. I mean one. All right. (laughs) Um, But it's very good. But I might run out this chapter because it's so long. Mm. Ooh, and the whiskey's so good. Mm. I haven't bought whiskey in like two, two and a half weeks. So I'm I'm kind of proud of myself. Also a little scared that I'm going to need some today and not have it. So I don't know, maybe Tuesday I'll head over to the, like the liquor store and buy another bottle. I just feel like a uh, better man. You know what I've been drinking? I think I mentioned this. It's Lagunitas Hop Water. I think we talked about this on the podcast before, probably last week, but it's very good. And I've been drinking that, you know, if I feel the need to like have a big old home pour of whiskey, I'm like, you know what, I'll have a hop water instead. And then when I wake up in the morning, I don't feel like shit or less like shit. I don't know. Every joint on my body hurts. So, (laughs) oh, well, why don't we read this book instead of me just rambling about like my wake up pains and how much I groan when I stand, huh? Oh, I'm not even in the right spot in the file. Here we go. Hmm, hmm, hmm. That's chapter 11. What are we on? Chapter 12? Who remembers from the beginning? Right into the show. Okay. Henry's ass hurt. Whoa, explicit rating. (laughs) The lovely Laura noticed for the first time that my podcast is ranked explicit. And that's because I occasionally swear. I don't think it's very common in the show. There was no other way to explain his situation. Oh, that is great writing. It's like the author telling you that he's an expert and there's no other way to explain the situation. All right. He sat in the rear of an exceptionally small cart alone that was traveling much faster than he would prefer. Have you ever done that in like a pickup truck, sat in the bed? That's good times, (laughs) especially when you're going too fast. All right. Uh, And there was nothing between his rear end and the wood of the cart. The cart bounced and bucked as it traveled. Byron was pushing the single horse, pulling the cart hard. Did that make sense? I don't think so. Though there was no sign that the horse minded. Margot was seated next to him, both comfortably sitting on a thick pillow that spanned the driver's bench. Byron had requested that Margot sit next to him, and Henry had of course insisted she join him in the front. Now Henry was regretting sitting on the hard wood surface. He felt like even his spine ached. 
I mean, that will happen if you're bad. Uh, okay. Why am I even stopping there? God damn it. All right. Will we ever be traveling by road? He asked Byron, who was who he suspected was showing off for Margot. Too dangerous through here, he yelled from the front. We'll be in Jackpond within the hour, and the Red Cloaks patrol the main road from the south. If we enter via the Spitz, okay, we won't be noticed at all. Spitz is a proper noun, so I guess that's like a neighborhood. That's fun. I like that, the Spitz. I forgot I wrote that in there. Yeah. The Spitz, Henry yelled back. Okay, there we go. (laughs) The rattle of the axle in its bearings was shockingly loud, though it might have been amplified by the direct vibration traveling into his jaw. It's an area of jackpond, he responded, in case the readers didn't know and I wanted to pad the chapter. You'll like it. Lots of people to help you. Henry watched as Margot talked with the young boy more. He couldn't possibly participate in the conversation from the rear of the cart with all this noise. He hoped she was asking the right questions. Drinking break! Very quick drinking break, too. Mmm... That's good. You can't really hear the ice because it's almost melted because it's hot as balls and, as I said, wet. Mm. And our air conditioner has been, like, just fucking shitty as hell. So we're going to have somebody come out and look at that tomorrow. Oh, God. I hope they just fill it up with Freon again because if there's one thing I don't want to do, it's to replace it for thousands of dollars. (laughs) Okay. The moon... And I know they want me to replace it because it's so rusty and scary looking. And ugh, it's from like 1987. All right, here we go. The moon helped illuminate the spits in Jack Pond as they rattled into the city proper. Margot was surprised at their pace, depositing them in Jack Pond a full hour earlier than she had anticipated. Byron, it turned out, was a very skilled driver though she suspected he might have been trying to impress her with the time they made. He also explained that the main thoroughfares were guarded well into Jackpond. The delays to residents and surrounding merchants had bred a mild dislike of the magistrates, but this distaste for bureaucracy was strongest in the spits. On the south side of the town, this somewhat run-down area housed many who disliked the magistrates. So it's blighted. Are they going to eminent domain it and put up a lifestyle center? You know, right? Because we need more banana republics. All right. And I mean the store, clearly, not, what, Central American dictatorships? (laughs) Mm. I'll take you to the Pond Water Inn. That's a good one. The owner knows me well, and you'll be welcome there, Byron explained. Are you sure you can't tell me what you're up to? Maybe I could help. It's too dangerous, Byron, she said, patting his knee. The boy noticeably blushed, not brushed. But I don't want you to get hurt, he said sheepishly. But I don't want you... What's sheepishly? But I don't want you to get hurt. Is that sheepish? I don't know. I won't, Margot said, leaning in. She whispered, I'm very sneaky. Fake drinking break, let's do it. Mm. Byron laughed at her. Looking back at Henry, he just smiled and shook his head. "'Is there someone we can ask for help at the Pondwater Inn?' Margot asked. "'Someone who won't give us away?' "'Sure, you want to talk to Cora. She's the owner,' Byron said. 
She can even help you get help from other people. She's pretty great. I'm going to give that sentence a little leeway because it's a little kid saying it, but that sucked. Will you introduce me to her? Margot asked. That would be a big help. Yes, I can help, he exclaimed excitedly. And here we are. Byron maneuvered the horse and cart behind a building featuring a duck hanging on its sign towards the towards a stable. So what? The duck is hanging towards a stable? I don't know what the... All right. A stable boy who obviously knew him took the reins, and Byron hopped down, followed by Margot. Margot watched as Henry slid carefully off the back of the cart and experimented with walking, clearly stiff and in pain. Byron seemed to also notice Henry's discomfort. Are you okay? he asked. I'm fine, Henry said, holding a hand to his lower back. It's just hard to get comfortable in the back of the cart. Okay, let's go get Cora, Byron said, heading for the back door to the inn. Margot went to Henry's side. Are you actually okay, she asked, sincerely concerned. I think so, he answered. I hope the beds here are good. Turning back towards the inn, Byron waved her forward and disappeared through a door. Margot took Henry's arm and pulled him toward the building, opening the door to follow Byron. Isn't that nice? She's being nice to him. I feel like she's usually not nice to him. (laughs) She was surprised to find herself in a working kitchen. Well, what the hell? You went through the back door. What do you expect? Do you think they have, like, the grease dumpster next to it for unloading the deep fryers? Probably, yeah. Do you think they have magic grease disposal companies? Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. Okay. I don't know what I'm talking about here. The well-lit room was staffed by three people, one woman cooking near a hearth. Oh, yeah, I guess they won't have, like, you know, like, uh, sub-zero commercial stoves and stuff, right? That's a brand. I think I got that right. Okay. Uh, the well-lit, blah, blah, blah. A second man carving chicken, and a third man, third, comma, man, washing plates in a basin. She had expected a rear entrance to the inn and stopped short. Somewhere beyond the kitchen, she could hear the muted sounds of a piano playing. The woman looked up from cooking, saying, Byron's gone through to the dining room. Go on ahead. Margot reponsnided. Oh, thank you, madam. Sorry to come in this way. A friend of Byron is a friend of ours, she said, smiling. Go on ahead now. Margot shuffled through the kitchen to the door to the inn. A and D. She heard Henry follow. Pushing open a swinging door, she found herself back in dim lighting as her eyes... What do you think the other room was lit with? Let's say magical orbs on the ceiling, huh? Yeah, with an A10 socket. Is that what light bulbs are? I feel like it might be. (laughs) As her eyes adjusted rapidly, she saw Byron talking to a woman sitting at the bar, which had a handful of patrons. The rest of the room seemed to be quiet, but nearly full. Against one wall, a man played piano, filling the room with a pleasant tune. Byron stopped and waved her over to the woman seated at the bar. Margot dutifully walked over to the excited boy. Cora, this is Margot Lafleur, he said quickly. She destroyed an entire magistrate's building herself. Margot's eyes widened immediately. Byron, you shouldn't be talking about that. And it was all a mistake, she said in a panic. Oh, right, sorry, he said almost sadly. Margot hadn't meant to hurt his feelings, and her panic only increased. No, no, Byron, it's okay. 
I just can't have everyone thinking that I did that, she said quickly. Leaning towards him and putting one hand on his shoulder, she said, I just need you to keep that a secret. After a pause, she added, and keep me a secret. I don't want to get caught by the magistrates, right? Looking at her hand and back at her face, he smiled. Of course, I'll keep you a secret, Miss Lafleur. Ugh. Call me Margot, she said, smiling and standing up. We're friends, after all. She looked back at Henry, and he was grinning at her. I'm Cora, the woman seated at the bar said, even though it was obvious because she was already introduced. God damn it. Now that the exchange with Byron was concluded. I've heard of both of you, she said calmly. Hopefully only good things, Henry said in a friendly tone. Hi, I'm Henry, and this is obviously Margot. We used to date, but Margot clearly has chosen a different suitor. Haha, he's talking about the little boy. Cora laughed lightly, and Margot decided she liked the woman simply based on her calm demeanor. What brings you two to Jackpond? Margot hesitated now. Not only was she faced with trusting this stranger she had met moments early, earlier, and she was thirsty for whiskey. She was also concerned that Byron's knowledge of their plans could endanger him. You can trust Cora, Miss Lafleur. I mean, Margot, Byron urged. Okay, but I just don't want to. She started, but hesitated. Byron, go get keys for room seven, would you? Cora asked. The boy smiled and ran off behind the bar. Sorry, he just wants to help. I don't think he knows how dangerous things can be around here, Cora said. Now, what is it that I can help with? We need to get inside the magistrate's facility to steal paperwork. <laughs> Doesn't say that, but Henry said. Cora laughed lightly. Well, that is quite a task. We just need any tips you might have and a place to stay, Margot explained. You realize that you're talking about an entire old fort, right? Cora asked, looking between the two of between the two. It's not exactly simple. I realize that, Margot said, sighing, but we must get inside. That's one word. Hmm. I know someone who works inside, Cora said, after pottering their request. <laughs> Think that should be pondering. Wow, this chapter's a mess. You know what? A lot of dialogue in it. I probably liked writing it. Even though, you know, ironically, I don't speak to anybody ever. You know what I mean? I'm very, uh, I'm very, like, panicky in, like, uh, small talk situations or discussions or, like, the other day... Even when the air conditioning people called and they asked if uh, I'd be around Friday for them to come fix our air conditioner. And I said, no, no, I won't. She's like, okay, well, do you want me to just leave you on the list? Or, you know, we can call back next week for scheduling. And I like panicked and I'm like, okay, no, yeah, that's fine. Bye. You know, I just wanted to get off the phone. And then I texted Laura about it. And she's like, why wouldn't you make an appointment? <laughs> so I had to call back and embarrassingly like, can I have an appointment for next week? Cause I'm not used to speaking to people. You know what I mean? I just panic. Ugh. All right. What the, yeah. So I guess it's ironic that I like writing dialogue. Maybe it's just, I wish I liked speaking to people. Cause I don't. Mm. Although whiskey can help. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, you real... Mm, sorry, there's ice in my mouth. Mm, mm, mm. All right. You realize that you're talking about an entire old fort, right? Cora asked, looking between the two. It's not exactly simple. Yeah, yeah, okay, we did the must-get, pottering. Okay, where was pottering? 
I'll see if I can get him to drop by tonight. In the meantime, though, you should probably say goodbye to your goodbyes to Byron so he can head home. If you find a table, I'll have dinner brought to you on the house. When Margot started to object, she raised a hand and shook her head. I won't hear it. Please make yourself comfortable. As they sat down at a table, Byron came running up with a key. I have your room key for you, <laughs> but I have to get going now. Will you need me to bring you home, too, he asked. Margot smiled. We will need a ride home, but it will be a few days. You're not going to ride home tonight. I am, he exclaimed almost proudly. I know the route so well I could do it with my eyes closed. My mom wants me back tonight, too. She doesn't like me staying here alone. Henry shook the boy's hand, and Margot gave him a hug, which caused him to turn bright red. He ran back into the kitchen, and Margot assumed outside to his waiting horse. Drinking break! Oh no, there's nothing to drink! Let's fix it. Alright, we're back for this drinking break. Mm-hmm. I got like half a glass of Bacardi Spiced Rum. That was all that was in that bottle, too, so... Hmm, very interesting. No freaking hard liquor left. Well, I have gin, all right? I think I have like a glass of gin left, too. All right, I feel good about that. You know, that there isn't any. Okay. Um. Okay, here we go. Shortly after Henry and Margot had finished their meals, Cora returned to their table with a young man carrying a sack. This fine gentleman is Bran, and he can help you with the ma get into the Magistrate's Fortress, and with fiber in your diet. <laughs> Henry examined the man in front of him, who he could see was a laborer of some sort. Hi, Bran. Thank you for helping us. The young man regarded him with curiosity. Thought you'd be larger, he said. Henry looked over at Margot, shrugging. I've heard of you, both of you, Bran exclaimed. Explained. I always want to say exclaimed. I don't know. Hopefully I didn't just have an audio dropout, or I'm going to beat the hell out of this computer. I expect perfection out of my laptops built in 2012. <laughs> um, let's see. I, oh, I've heard of both. I've heard of you, both of you, Bran explained. I just thought you'd be more fearsome. People talk of you sometimes. Henry wasn't sure he liked the idea of people knowing him. He frowned at this statement. Bran noticed and laughed. Plenty of us... Oh, I gotta laugh first. Ha! Plenty of us are not fans of the magistrates, especially in Jackpond. And Miss Lafleur has been the talk of the town since she destroyed another magistrate's fortress. That was a mistake, Margot tried to explain. What do you have planned for us, Henry asked, somewhat calmer after his explanation. Well, it is a fortress, Bran explained. The front entrance is well guarded, but the magistrates need plenty of help. They just received deliveries through a service entrance, which I think used to be just another gate every morning. We can sneak in that entrance, Margot asked. Hesitating, Bran continued. You can, but workers like us are stopped inside. You need to look like magistrates' mages inside. That's why you need this. He held up his sack triumphantly. And then Jeff took a drink of rum. Mm. Bacardi spiced rum. Very cheap, very good. Bacardi, I like their rum products. I'm just going to say it. I, I mean, they're cheap, mass-produced. 
but pretty fucking good. Like, um, that's in, like, uh, contrast. Like, I don't like Captain Morgan's. I think that sucks. I don't know why. And I think, uh, what, the Sailor Jerry's? That eh, was fine, but I still have no problem with the Bacardi, so I go back to that one. Their spice drum is good. They used to have one called Oak Heart, which I suspect is just this spice drum now. Maybe they just don't make the Oak Heart anymore. If you know if they make Bacardi Oak Heart, write into the show, jeffreadsisbook.com. I don't do a lot of rum, though. It's very sweet. I don't know. I, my palate has changed, right? Hmm. Okay, let's see. Um, I got a page down here, don't I? Uh, oh, we're almost at the end. I shouldn't have stopped. <laughs> um, okay, he held up the sack triumphantly. Henry took the sack from Bran. Peeking inside, he saw red fabric. Don't take anything out in here, Cora warned. I don't need the trouble. What is it, Margo asked. It's two magistrates' uniforms, Bran said. One for each of you. We do the laundry for the magistrates, so we have access to such things. Henry smiled. That sounds perfect. So we just walk the front gates? No, Bran explained. If you come in the service entrance, nobody will think anything of it. The front entrance, though, has stricter controls. I've seen them ask for identification in papers. You shouldn't go that way. Listen to Bran, Cora suggested. He's reliable. Thank you, Bran, Margot asked. Margot said, how can we repay you? No need, Miss LaFleur, he answered. And that ends chapter 12. So nothing really happened in that chapter, right? Uh, they got their ride to Jack Pond, and uh, the little boy took off for the evening, headed home, and uh, they had dinner. I guess that's something, right? Um, they're going to get some help, though. That's nice. Our heroes get help, but... All in all, not an exciting chapter, but I think it does keep you hooked for next chapter, right? So if they've got everything they need, they'll infiltrate the fort next week. Ooh, spooky. Not spooky. Uh, ooh, dangerous. How about that? Yeah. Ah, what are you going to do? Um, I like that I keep naming people like Bran and Cora. <laughs> I don't think they appear in the book again. <laughs> But whatever, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess that's to try to give it that personal touch that all the minor characters are people. I think in this book's case, though, I think everybody keeps getting named because I had no plot line in mind, right? So it was just freaking... I was just desperately trying to write a book with no, like, overall or overarching plot that had to occur, yeah, so I think, well, let's make them have a name in case I'm going to need them again. So I think I'm just doing it with everybody they meet. I'll give them a name in case we have to use them again. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I don't know. Yeah, what are you going to do? My books always suffer from this nonsense. Like, you know, minor characters that just never appear again in the books. <laughs> what are you going to do? Anywho, let's do some discussion questions, because I'm getting sick of doing this podcast right now, all right? I just, uh, you know, I pause and go take a breather in between each segment, you know, when you hear the little jingly jangly do, and uh, so I went upstairs and I ate some, um, we got this, like, super expensive cup of cheese, you know, because it's local and all that shit, uh, and it had some cherries on the bottom, it's very good, don't get me wrong, it's delicious, it's just expensive, it's probably what it should be price dad if you're buying goat cheese as opposed to like 
goat cheese from, I don't know, Cisco, but whatever. Uh, what I'm saying here is it was expensive. But then we got this um, uh, ciabatta bread, like uh, dipping crustini things. They, oh, they're so good. They got garlic and Parmesan on them. They are freaking awesome. But anywho, uh, I was eating those and now my mouth feels all hurty inside because uh, that... That crunchy bread cuts the shit out of, like, the top of my mouth, the roof of my mouth. Ah, I can't do it. That's why when I get Italian subs, I order them cold so they don't toast it. I don't like it toasted. I don't need that, all right? I like everything squishy. Ooh, and it, like an Italian sub a day after you order it? Now that's a good sub. Okay. All right. First discussion question. Okay. So they ended up walking through the kitchen to get into the inn, right? Have you ever, like, done that? Have you ever walked through the kitchen? I'm thinking specifically like in the movie swingers when they do it i mean they seem so freaking cool like entering through the kit like back door and going through a kitchen walking right in fucking awesome have you ever done that that's what i want to know and uh, i i mean in my case i think the closest to that would be um i don't know maybe i feel like in college if i'd go to like parties and stuff people would know who i was not in like I was a particularly popular person kind of way, but I don't know. There were enough acquaintances that you'd stop and say hi to everybody. Made me feel like I was in the movie Swingers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but um, uh, I would go, you know, through weird doors to get into houses and stuff. And people would be like, hey, what's going on? You know, that kind of shit. But I feel like I've never done it at a commercial establishment. I don't know people well enough. You know what I mean? Um but I could be wrong. I can't think of it. So I guess the only example I have would be Buca de Beppo, where they walk you through the kitchen purposefully. <laughs> yeah, that would be the last time I did that. I don't know about you guys. Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. Okay, we have another discussion question, so we're not doing that yet. All right. Uh, question two. So they arrived in the Spitz in Jack Pond. I kind of like that. That was a fun name for a neighborhood, don't you think? And, you know, I didn't explain why it's the Spitz, so that makes me feel a little bit better, you know? Like, um, maybe they have a lot of barbecue joints, you know what I'm saying? You know, they're spit-roasting all these pigs. Let's hope that's it, and it's not something worse. But anyway, uh, what's some good neighborhood names? Can you think of any neighborhood names from, like, around where you live that might be, like, uh, I don't know, cool names? I, I Listen, I mean, it's pretty clear I'm a... Uh, I have some experience within city limits of Cleveland. They have, I don't know, most of their neighborhoods are, uh, what do I want to say? A lot of them are based on, I don't know, they're not exciting. That's all. It's not, they're just not exciting. I'm thinking of like in, um, I played at a game called Dreamfall. That's a good computer game. It's an adventure game. Makes me sound like a super dork because it's an adventure game that's not particularly popular, but whatever. Uh, I like it, and it's fun, and they had some good neighborhood names, I feel like, in that. But um, it, I, I, now I can't think of any, so this sucks. <laughs> wow, aren't you guys uh, glad I just shared that? Uh, right into the show with some good neighborhood names you can think of. I really can't think—I mean, like, New York City is just awash in, like, good names, right? Even just saying, like, bur- some of the borough names are good, but, like— you know, Hell's Kitchen, that's a fucking cool name. What, what else you got? I don't even care what it stands for, honestly. I just don't. But it is a neat name, right? Um, what do they have in, like, Boston? I'm trying to think. I spent some time there. Do they have anything good down there? Uh, Boston has 
like they have stupid ass names like South Boston and then there's another South, isn't there? It's stupid. They just what are you doing to me? Come on. Back Bay, that's a fun name for a neighborhood. I like Back Bay. Cuz it's alliterative. Who doesn't like alliterative names? So, I don't know. What else you got? What do you got for me? Right into the show, jeffreadsbook.com. You go to that website. Uh first thing you do is you buy my books for yourself and everybody you know, right? You know, I you don't get a bulk discount, but I think it's still worth it. So if you buy like 12 or 13 books at once, Baker's Dozen, you know, you can just give them out at holidays and stuff. I think that's the way to go. So get like a Baker's Dozen of each book. And then when you're done with that, you can go back to jeffreadsbook.com. And while you're there, you're going to click on either my email. It is jeff at rainbow-100.com. And you can send me an email. And tell me about the baker's dozen of each book you just bought and who you'll be giving it to. No children, please, because there's a lot of implied sex in these books. And then um, you can go or and let's do and then you can click on the Twitter link and you can go over to Twitter at Fortran Jeff and send me a picture of all the books you got. Then when you're done with that, you go back to jeffreadsbook.com and then you're going to click on that Mastodon link. All right. And then you're going to go over to GitHub and you're going to download Mastodon. And then you're going to go out and you're going to buy a computer. All right. Preferably one with, I think, four gigabytes of RAM as your server because it's going to have to run a database and it's going to have to run um, Node.js and some Ruby on Rails. So we're going to get all that installed. Uh, I would start with maybe. install like an Ubuntu server on there because it's going to be a little more up-to-date than Debian. Then you're going to have to set up your database. So you're going to have to create a user for the Mastodon instance. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. You know what? You know what? Just write into the show at that email address, jeff at rainbow-100.com. I'll send you a link. All right. And then four and a half days later, when you got everything set up, you can click on jeff at toot dot rainbow dash 100.com and then you can send me that picture of your new server with all the books you bought sitting on top of it that's right you know because i just assume you'll leave them there and you know just stack them up on the new computer while you go through them one by one and wrap them up for people as gifts yes yes and wrap them come on don't don't do the gift bag that's such a cop out wrap the books up all right and then uh, when you're done with all that, you can uh, wait for the next episode to start next week, right? Uh, that's about it for me. So until next time, keep on reading. Mm-hmm.